Yeah, the the double beep means it's when the bass. That means it's time to cut the thing off. I'm Rob. Uh, this is dumb and awful show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to yell at me. Yell at me about anything. Really, I'm very lonely. It, it makes me feel like uh, less isolated. Like I, I'm I have a place in the world. You know that I'm a social being when people yell at me. So uh, that, as far as I can tell, justifies my presence on that hell platform. You know. A lot of people say, like, why am I on here? I just told you why I'm there. Neediness. Uh, and this week I needed, god damn, I'm good at transitions. Uh, a little help from my friend, a member of the the Tallahassee Mafia. Uh, <laughs> That's Paul. right. Paul de Revere. Is that correct? That is, that is, it's like Paul Revere with a D-E in the middle. That's what I tell everybody. Uh, Paul Revere plus the D, which really is. That's what she know. wants. Yeah, I don't know who she is, Lady Liberty, I guess. But uh, where do they where do they find you online? Just so people can yell at you too. Uh, if you're bad yeah, P, just P. De Revere. Please be gentle. It's my main. It has my actual face on it. Uh, don't post furry. Ass. Don't I'll post furry porn. Don't associate it on my Google results. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't <laughs> want to see furry porn on Twitter. I have to yeah, say that. God forbid. I have to say that uh, uh, for a minute. You know, back in the day, I, I had to do Twitter for a job, and it is—it's really interesting and something that uh, we don't really talk about. Is if you were like a, an ad agency person or a marketing person, like the Mad Men days, your life consisted of basically misogyny and and racism. Sure. Uh, and if you've listened to the show, you know, you know that I have that. But I also I, I look at like the the boozing and and the smoking and all that, and it seemed like you know pretty fun, not too bad. Every once in a while, I guess someone drunkenly uh, runs over uh, an associate's leg with a, a riding mower. If Mad Men season two or whatever is is to be believed, and that doesn't seem good. But all things considered, if you're in that clique, not too bad. Uh, the people these days. <laughs> You know, like the people that have to like run social media, people joke about, you know, it's interns or whatever. Uh, it's not. These are like professionals, right? The social media is too big now to just get a new joke, right? Like it, that's a, a 2005 ass take to be like, what intern is running the Nabisco uh, Oreo account? It's like, that's no, these are all professionals, right? These are people that come to work in like suits and have strategy meetings and all that. And by the way, we'll get to Nabisco in a second. Um, but a fun part of the job that all of those professionals, all those, I went to Princeton in, in media management and studies, and I got my master's in communications from the new school and all that, they get to social media and it's their job to monitor it too. And just in the time where it was my responsibility, so I know this is happening everywhere, I must have watched as part of my job. So many fucking live executions. Like, like remember when like <laughs> you would just be on the timeline and shit would just auto scroll. Yeah, it would just start playing. And so you'd be like, okay, okay, let's see. What the fuck do I, how do I get through this fucking morning? And you'd hit the timeline and there'd just be like a pretty news anchor, like today in San Diego, uh, beach volleyball. And her head would just get like blown off in real time because someone was streaming it and posting it to the internet. You'd be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Every social media person now as part of their job is kind of to get low level PTSD. We don't talk yeah. about it because sure. America, uh, is a nightmare scape like all around. So like that has the problems. It's just like, yeah, come on. Wait, you want a job where you don't see mass shootings? get over it. 
but it's either that or as you said uh you know you'd be scrolling through and if you're say the nabisco account some percentage of your followers and nobody knows why this is uh, are going to post yiffy porn at you it's going to be a, a anthropomorph anthropomorphized wolf fucking uh, a hole in the oreo it, and with an incredibly detailed veiny dick it's always vascular because the thing mm-hmm. is these <laughs> that I guess if you're a wild animal, like it's survival of the fittest, so you you would run fastest, jump highest, and have the veiniest cocks. Again, I haven't looked into this beyond what I've been forced to as a professional in, in 2021. Uh, but all I'm saying is, Paul, uh, don't act like it's the end of the world if a dumb yeah. and awful listener decides you need to know that Alvin from the Little Chipmunks has a huge hog. That will very much take it in stride. Got to take it in yeah. stride, man. Yeah. <laughs> But, Man, but, it's. I was listening to the latest Yeah, But Still episode where Taylor Lorenz, that digital culture reporter for the New York Times, was on. Yeah, what's Yeah, But Still? I don't listen to podcasts. Oh, okay, that maybe yeah. explains why this um, is such dog shit. Brandon Wardell and Jack Wagner. Uh, Brandon Wardell, the famous Twitter comedian. Um, they have a podcast together, and I saw them live at the Bell House, uh, Brooklyn reference. Uh, uh, do a thing with the Chapel Boys and whatever. That's and where Bell. That's where Bell Hooks lives. If people that's don't right. know that, yep. she lives in the Bell Jar in the Bell House, and you go She's there. Got and great you say, get, you say Hooks, get your ass up, and you knock on the bell, and it makes a loud gong. Mm-hmm. And if you, you if you leave a little offering for her of uh, you know inappropriately placed placed punctuation, she comes out and does a little dance for you. So you were there, and you were there with the Chapo Boys, right? And yeah, but still. And so anyway, on yeah, but still, Taylor Lorenz the I think well-known, pretty well-known on Twitter, uh, digital culture journalist or whatever. She talks up, she writes about influencers a lot in TikTok. And when she was at the Daily Mail, she was doing social media for the Daily Mail. And she legit hired 10 other people to be social media. This is in this was like 10 years ago or five years ago, uh, something around then. 10 people she hired just to run the Daily Mail's social media. Like that's how serious it's gotten for the daily mail. (laughs) Especially those big periodicals too. They're just like, they are just uh, pumping shit out. Uh, Just, just like if you go to their feeds, it's like every 15 minutes, there's a new article. And like you, you just one person, I I believe it. One person can't do that. You know, if you want to be that fucking like punctual and persistent and in the feed frequently, uh, you either have to be, you know, a team, or someone with severe untreated mental illness. And I'm friends with many of those people. The people that post, like, I don't know how they do it, but they post a thousand times a day. I don't know if there's that many minutes in a day because I have a Florida public education, uh, much like you do. So I, right. I can't break that math in my head. But uh, uh, God bless them. See? Yeah. How do they eat? You know? Yeah. They survive on content alone. They're they're lost in a psychological desert and God gives them not manna, but content. Uh, I can't imagine. I I don't know how they do it, but they fucking do it. See, my my strategy is uh, put out content once every two weeks or so, like promise that you're going to do it and then show show the the handsome visage really just occasionally. I gotta say, we two uh, for the, for the bonus listeners right now. Two of the handsomest men 
I think Truly. it's fair to say on Truly. video, right? right I'm now. just as hot as Rob. But uh, uh, Brett, Look, I the, mean, yeah. these are. I'm just as hot as Brett. I would say that's fair. You don't want to be as hot as it's Rob fair. right now. Um, I. <laughs> it's good that we're doing this today, genuinely, because um, like yesterday, I would not have been able to do this. Uh, I have been. I have been eczema plus recently. I've oh, been, no. I, I've well. Here's here's what happened, right? Okay. Okay. So someone in my life pointed out the fact that I have terrible skin, and suggested a a simple skincare regimen. I'm a man in my 30s. It's just like, come on, what are you going to do? You got a bed frame now. Like that's step one. Like you're I'm not, you're making I'm steps. Looking, I'm not seeing a bed frame there, Rob. I'm not seeing one. Yeah, well, it's not mm. for you, is it? Mm, so, that's true. That's fair. Unless fair you point. play your cards right, you know, as his <laughs> podcast goes. Fair point, sir. I'll be fair honest. Point. If you come on on short notice to my podcast to get me out of jam, I might suck your dick, but we don't need a bed for that. I'll <laughs> basically just pop into a single occupancy. Well, it's it's like Notorious Big said, "Spread love." It's the Brooklyn way, and that's the new Brooklyn way: sucking someone's dick to be on your podcast. I have a, I have at least one ex that agrees with that. <laughs> but no, genuinely, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do skincare. And I got here, it's um, L'Occitane. Oh, yeah, L'Occitane, yeah. Okay, don't show Nobody's impressed. <laughs> you nope. were the one, dude, you Did you, you want were people the one... to look at you and go like, here's a skincare maven. Is that the corner you're trying to Paul, operate on? Paul Bill 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 That's my name, Paul buddy. Of Lox, yeah. Of Loxley, I, yeah. I didn't see you in my French class. I'm just saying. Okay, so can I, can, I, can I bring something up back from the days? Because that's how we know each other. I don't know if you've... No? Should we not talk I, about no, that? No, no. I'm just going to have to beep that. Okay, fine. It's but it's okay. No, no. Continue, though. I remember back when we worked together. Let's just say that. It's because we were former coworkers. I remember <laughs> uh, you had your laptop and you had a background, like a, lap, like a desktop background. And... Um, I took me, I took a halting moment to identify that, oh, that's the um, Arc de Triomphe or something like that. And you were like, oh, you know what that is, Paul? Like, you were like so. Yeah, of course. You. That I even took a halting second to identify it. Well, what do you think? Uh, well, I just, what was going through your head there? Because uh, I think it's, I want to say Arc de Triomphe. It, it's like, it's like if somebody talks about oh, musicians no and you go, you go, you know what's a good musician? You know who's a great musician? Mike Posner. And everybody's like, everyone's like, what are you what are you talking about? Why him? And you're like, you know that song he did? I took a pill in Ibiza. And it's just like, come on, man. You don't have to do that. We're going to talk about Afghanistan later so you have more opportunities to really flex on this. Maybe the, I hope we can send some Luxaton to Afghanistan if there's not, you know. <laughs> Look, this is how my sister pronounces this stuff this like body and beauty stuff to me <laughs> i just the say proper it way way. no i get it but i'm not i'm not doing anything the proper way let alone pronouncing nah, it that. because yeah, what i did that. is i actually nah. got i got like a two-part kit one is a a facial like astringent cleanser or something mm-hmm. and i'm supposed to put this on i i have a note for me explain there's only two bullet points on the note and it's like use this one rinse it off and then use the moisturizer. Ah, okay. Right. And so day one of doing this, I do it and I put on my mask and I go to work and I really feel like, I feel like it's kind of working. Like, I don't know if my skin is more moisturized, but Mm. it actually like has a tingle and I'm like, Oh, this is like a K beauty thing. I think I've heard of this. Like 
you know, it, it's, I don't know, tightening the skin or loosening the skin, whatever it is. Uh, I just, I, I let it do its work and I, I feel it working all day. Um, and I'm like, this, my skin's going to be fucking glowing. I'm going to have that Jungkook dewy look, you know? You feel like a tingle? Is it like tingling? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like stinging, like, like Bert's mm. bees on the lips, uh, right. sort yeah. of thing. And so I come home and I'm like, well, let's, let's see, let's see what the damage is here. Uh, uh, let's see how day one went. And I take off my mask and I don't look at myself in the mirror frequently. Mm. Uh, it's just to what end, you know, what, what opportunities am I, am I missing out on, uh, by not being sartorially on point as far as I can, as far as I can tell very little. And so I get home, I take the mask off, I look in the mirror and my entire fucking face from like the beard to the eyeball is just like beet red. And I realized day one, instead of using the like astringent one and then leaving the moisturizer on, I wash my face with the moisturizer and then left the fucking cleanser, like the thing that's supposed to I don't know, like exfoliate or whatever. I just left that on my face all day and just fucking burnt the, <laughs> burnt the hell. So I've just had like patches falling off my face very disgustingly uh, uh, for the last several days now. This is about as good as it gets. Um, uh, by the way, uh, Coda, that story, turns out what I bought were uh, hand products, not even oh. for the face. So this is the level I'm at. I, I literally, yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. I've, yeah. uh, I've been, um, do you ever watch Peaky Blinders? I have a, I've watched like, I know the meme, the thing with the different leftist factions and like that whole, that whole meme. And I think yeah. I've watched like a few episodes. I get, I get the basic idea. It's like English toughs. Yeah. I haven't watched it because I don't watch, um, movies or films or all that. I just watch four minute clips from shows where it's the good parts. I don't need character development. I don't need plot. I just want to see handsome people saying stuff while the music slows down. And if that's what you're into, uh, you know, boss makes a dollar. I make a dime. That's why I'm watching three and a half minute Alfie Solomon's clips on company time. That's right. He is the Tom Hardy character and that motherfucker. It's, it's nice to see representation. You know, people talk about, you know, seeing themselves on the screen and, and believing that they can achieve more because of it. They give this guy, they give Tom Hardy the worst fucking skin I've ever seen. He, he like, but he's still a badass. Like he, he the character shows up to deals and is just like, oh, you listen here, mate. I'm going to shoot you in your fucking face. And you're like, that's cool. But every time he walks, a trail of dandruff, dandruff just falls off him like mm-hmm. particle effects on like a video game wizard staff. It's delightful. So I'm, I'm thinking instead of, uh, of fighting it, I'm just going to have terrible skin forever. That, that's my new, that's my bold stand. <laughs> the good news is that everyone, most everyone expects men to have terrible skin. It's like the most masculine thing you can do. Yeah. This, I mean, look, it's, God bless women because they are willing to forgive so much. The standards are, are so so. Because here's the thing: I'm not Alfie Solomon's. I'm a guy in an ill-fitted shirt. I had to buy at Target because I spilled coffee on my real one, and then I just never bothered replacing it. I, I'm I'm not the cool Jewish mobster 
Uh, for a number of reasons, yeah. Right. I actually discovered the this last weekend I can't pass for Jewish. Um, Say more about that. <laughs> also, it was actually a nice little New York street interaction. Uh, so I was... You're too tall for one thing. Well, so in fairness to... Okay, so I went to the bodega and I was wearing a, an all red with the white Polish eagle shirt, ah. right? So I'm, I'm looking very Polish. That That's probably Already. a hint. But uh, as I'm crossing the street, there is a group of like maybe six or seven uh, Orthodox teens coming. You know, it's Brooklyn, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they got out of school or whatever. And they're all like, you know, they're rowdy or whatever. They're making jokes and they're, they're walking by. And so. Can, can I ask we, where in Brooklyn this is exactly? Uh, Bush. Remember? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a little far from home, but you know, it, it, it's still, still Brooklyn. I was expecting you to say like south of Broadway. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. Now you guys can hear it at home too. You set that up so you could say you knew that South Williamsburg is is the triangle where the, all the Orthodox people are. Pretty much, pretty much all south of Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it is, buddy. I don't saying. look. I don't quibble with your facts. Okay, you're correct on that. It, it's. I think you have an ulterior motive. I'm questioning oh, where your okay. heart is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but so anyway, there's not much story here except as I'm walking across the crosswalk. And, uh, you know, I make eye contact with everybody. I'm very friendly. One thing about socialism and, like, having this ideology is it forces me to, like, go out in the community. So when I'm walking around, like, I know everyone on my block, you know, everyone's got different jobs or drug addictions or felonies. <laughs> it's just like, you know, but we're all humans. We're all in the same neighborhood. And so, like, I stop and chat with people. I want to know what's going on, you know, that sort of thing. It's really the only way you can help. I mean, what are you going to do otherwise? Just like make a mutual aid bindle and throw it off your roof. Just like a Lacanian letter. Like it'll reach its destination. Fuck it. I'm done. Like just, just all theory and no actual impact. So I'm out there. And so, you know, they're crossing the street. I'm, I'm, I'm friendly. I'm smiling. I'm looking around and the group crosses. And then <laughs> and one of the kids uh, notices my, my large Polish shirt. And he grabs his friend by the by the shoulder as he comes up to me and goes, "Oh no, watch out!" <laughs> and grabs him and runs away. <laughs> and you know what? Fair. Yeah, no, fair, fair. That is, yeah. that yeah. is like you know the orthodox meerkats going like, you know what? You might be fine, but historically, there's no reason to take a chance here. No, yeah, keep a distance. Uh, it's Polish nationalists in the pale of settlement or whatever uh we didn't polish jews did not i speak someone whose lineage is also from there yeah we did not have a great experience with like big red like flying like flags and shit that's awesome look i'll be there was a period you can't rest on your laurels there was a period in like the 1600s where poland was they got the star for least anti-semitic to be clear, they were extremely anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. but of all the places in Europe, you know, least bad. Uh, it's been a long time since that. And I think people also forget uh, when they're like, Poland, it's so far right and Christian, all that. It, Poland was left. Like the Communist Party ran things mm-hmm. and they did anti-Semitic purges with it. So like there's plenty yeah. uh, of reasons to distrust Poland. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. Well, it's funny. And uh, before the, I guess with at, during the 30s and before, I seem to recall a kind of a period where there was just a whole section of the country, basically, or a whole section of Warsaw or whatever, where the Jews essentially ran their own communities. It was essentially an autonomous zone for Jews in Poland or that, that general area. Um, 
of uh, pale cinnamon Austro-Hungarian Empire, whatever era we're talking about. Uh, yeah, and so Poles were just, they knew well enough at some point in history, 19th, 20th century history, to just leave well enough alone. So they yeah, at no, least knew well, better enough. That, that is know. a great example of a sort of a people's culture becoming the, the national culture, which is the mm. government itself was a deadbeat dad who was absent <laughs> and, and just like, hi, my name's Isaiah. And the government's like, I don't give a fuck. Just don't bother, don't bother me, please. And that was as that was basically as, as good as it got. <laughs> the, that's equality in some sense, right? I mean, equality by diffidence. Look, I'm, I'm not saying we need a pat on the, on the back for it. I yeah. get it. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, Poland occasionally did good things. It, 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 we took out the the knights. Uh, was it the knights? To, the to- Teutonic knights. No more Teutonic knights in fucking uh, uh, Northern Europe and Central Europe. You're welcome for that. Now, look, is that kind of like the the spoon that keeps bears away? I don't know. And thank <laughs> God we don't have to test it because Poland ripped that shit right out. Does Poland have bears? I rest my case. Yeah, Poland, Poland does definitely have bears. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Paul, I so with this episode, I like. I mean, we're just gonna. Uh, keep it casual. I appreciate you, you stepping in, uh, on, on short notice. I have some questions for you about yes. the week. Cause I didn't quite understand things. Uh, mm-hmm. but before we get there, um, what's up with you? Like in general, is there anything mm-hmm. on your mind and how is things in Florida? Because I have not been paying attention mm-hmm. at all because when I look, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have two elderly parents that are, I thankfully they're both vaccinated, but one is yeah. a teacher and mm-hmm. one uh, deals with rich people. No, he, he retired. My dad just retired. So, okay, thank God. God bless him. God bless him. He, he cannot get his back surgery mm-hmm. uh, at the hospital because there are no beds for him. So he's been waiting on this thing for a while. And even uh, if there were beds, they probably have, in whatever hospital your dad's there, they probably suspended elective surgeries anyway. So. Yeah. So he literally yeah. can't get his uh, scheduled surgery. So he's really retired to just sit in pain. <laughs> Uh, which doesn't sound yeah. good. And as I talked about in an earlier week, that's why I don't put anything into the pension. I'm using my brain. I'm going to check right. out right, right beforehand. <laughs> so that doesn't, that's right. I but, mean, but my mother is a teacher and she is like no mask elementary school, uh, rich parents. Like she's, well, she's a teacher's aide. And it's like, mm. every time I look at Florida, I feel bad, but in a, yeah. a novel way. Not the way I've grown accustomed to. I'm just curious. How are things going down there? You're in where? Broward County right now? I'm in Broward County right now. Uh, and I was four. in right, right on. And I'm in Pompano Beach specifically. And then before, a few days ago, I was in Kissimmee. And I live in Leon County in Tallahassee. So I've been basically in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've been throughout this whole, every section How's of How's T-Pain state. been? Leon County zone T Pain. What's he been up you, to? You know, T Pain's awesome, dude. Like he's he has maybe the most chill, like funny of any like hip hop guy or whatever. Like he his Twitter's awesome. Like he's such a cool, like genuine chill dude. Like he's, I think he's like a Twitch streamer now too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does do that sometimes. Um, I don't follow him on Twitch. Come to think about, I've seen the clips, but I've never. I should follow him. Um, Good for him. If if yeah, I was a rapper, I, I, that's what I would do. If I was a successful yeah. rapper, which is something I think about a lot. Uh, I would just Probably drink a lean. than he is a rapper, honestly, than a performer. Look, now is not the time to take shots at, at Teddy Bender. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fahim. Sorry, Fahim. 
he All he's right. he's a great man uh he put my brother in one of his music videos that he shot in tallahassee really yeah if you look at one where there's like a big frat house and you're like who the fuck is the the russian guy from rocky doing like a volleyball spike with a corona in his hand it's like yeah that's that's Fort Lauderdale zone right there. Very cool. Very cool. I mean, you mentioned your mother being a teacher's aide. Like, obviously, there um, is this struggle in schools uh, like there is in other parts of the country with, you know, wearing mandating masks and uh, or mostly I was going to say mandating vaccines, but Florida isn't even there, (laughs) Um, which is fucking pathetic. But but mandating masks is definitely a huge turf war, political turf war now. And so Broward here and then Alachua County, which is Gainesville, those were the two counties that got into DeSantis's face uh, and good for them. And other counties, other school boards joined them um, about, uh, no, we want to require masks and it, it's not an individual choice thing. We need to slow the spread of this in schools the best we can. So um, – you know, uh, DeSantis threatened to take away funding. And personally, when, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, dude, do it. Like, <laughs> you know, you'll look like a fucking idiot. And so I think he's made good on that promise in like some small little ways, but you can tell like he blinked because he took a while to actually follow through with it. And if he, he's kind of sort of followed through with it, but like not in the meaningful way that like hurts, uh, schools really hurts school boards really. So, uh, yeah, I think he kind of sort of has blinked on that. Um, he isn't really him and Cor- Corcoran, the education secretary or education minister. I don't remember, but he's the head of the, the state education department, uh, Richard Corcoran, who used to be the speaker of the house here. And this guy's probably even to the right of DeSantis politically. I mean, he's just, he's, he's a hardcore, hardcore Republican guy. Um, so he's, and he's constantly trying to undercut any local school board that, um, tries to find a way to get people to wear masks. Um, it, that's in like the very, um, how would I call it? That's in the very, like, uh, and the, uh, in the practice of the policy, not the setting of policy itself. But anyway, it's just this constant struggle here with getting, making people wear masks in school. Yeah, I'm surprised you said that you think DeSantis blinked because uh, Brett's whole thing is he thinks that there is absolutely no hurdle that DeSantis won't like style over as he tacks to the right. Because it seems like a lot of people who like Trump like DeSantis at like a, mm-hmm. a national level. and If they know who uh, he is. Yeah, but I mean the thing is there was a Gallup poll that came out today that uh, Joe Biden's approval rating, you know, which had been traditionally very good – uh, has hit like a new low. I think it's, it was something like 43%. In any case, it is the it's lowest either. of any president ever at this point in his term outside of Trump, who he is tied with. Um, this was taken in the weeks after the, uh, the Afghanistan thing, which was mm. uh, obviously not a, a sterling moment for uh, uh, anyone involved. But I mean, if if this keeps up, because bad things keep happening. I mean, they did those those of you that don't know about the Friday press dump, uh, if you ever want like the good info on what's going on in government, uh, just pay attention like Friday at four 30 because inevitably organizations will put their bad news there knowing that it forces reporters, if they give a shit about it to work overtime late into the night to file 
a story on it. And then it appears on Saturday's news, which if it's online, ain't nobody fucking reading political blogs on Saturday. And if it's a newspaper, uh, no one's reading that. So what are you going to hold it till like Sunday? In which case it's old news, you know, like it's beat. And Monday when people get in the office, the story's already been covered and dead. Uh, here, here in New York, famously, uh, we had mayor de Blasio, uh, had some scandal or, or other, and he was sued and he had to release a bunch of emails and he said he was working day and night to get those emails out as soon as possible. And it turns out the soonest they could get it out was the Friday after uh, Thanksgiving at like 6 p.m. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the time soonest, when you're supposed yeah. to be uh, getting drunk and, and not really, but maybe trying to hook up with people that you were in high school with like 15 years ago that haven't left the town. A time that's supposed to be for joyous revelry and celebration. Uh, everyone has to go picking through the news clippings. Uh, but like Biden, even after the Afghanistan thing, it was it the FDA like killed the, the booster shot idea he was in favor of. There was like a, there was like three things back to back, but Oh, the, the AUKUS thing, which we'll talk about later, later. I mean, if Biden's already tied for worst approval rating, this is among independents, uh, of course, Dems, Dems have slid to from 98% approval uh, to 90. So, you know, there's, there's some signs of life there. Uh, Republicans, of course, went from 12% to six. Like what those people I'm fascinated with, those people that were just like, I'm a Republican, but I think he's doing a pretty good job. And then Afghanistan was just like, well, now they were like, wait and see, or they were pretending they were wait and see, right? Like, Oh, I'm just going to see what he does. I don't want to pose. They never liked him. And so they're just like, wait, Afghanistan was like an excuse for them to go like, okay, now waiting to break up with Biden. They're like, man, I don't want to do it right before Christmas. But I know once, once we have a reasonable interval, Not for Afghanistan, but for my being out on this president, I always wanted to get the fuck out of uh, anyway. Yeah, it makes sense. Republicans but, are like, who are like, I got to make it look good. I got to make it look good. You know? I want people yeah. to think I'm reasonable, you know? Right. Right. I'm, I'm, not, I mean, those, I'm, I'm not that kind of Republican. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to, you know, shove hydrogen peroxide up my ass or whatever the fuck there. I can't keep track of what they're on to now. Yeah. You're down there in Florida. It's Regeneron now or something, right? Well, I... Uh, a friend of mine who helped set up my mic and everything, uh, she got a, um, she was vaccinated, got a break. What's her name? <laughs> my friend, Ariel. Uh, shout she, out to Ariel. Uh, shout out to Ariel. Um, she was vaccinated, got a breakthrough case. She felt okay, but um, there was Regeneron being offered for free uh, at a community center or something like that uh, near where she lived to park or whatever, big line. And so she got Regeneron and it was these, um, Four shots, uh, different parts of the body. And uh, within about, what was it, like 24, 48 hours later, um, she felt great. Um, and it just goes to show you, like, you know, not there's not just one preventative vaccine approach, like Libs are kind of telling you is the way to go. That's mm-hmm. good. Like, that's a good thing to go. But if Regeneron can be like a de facto, like, antiviral treatment, which is something that Big Pharma is working on. Um, if that can be like a stand-in for like an antiviral type treatment for as soon as you get symptoms, boom, just take that shit and you'll feel a lot better. Hopefully, you know, 24, 48 hours later, like Tamiflu, but for the coronavirus, um, that seems fine. I don't think that's that fuck be... around with like transmission. Does that contribute to anything there? 
I don't fuck well, with it's, it's No, it's interesting. I read the Times published this, uh, a summary of this one study that said if you're vaccinated and you get a breakthrough case, the less severe your symptoms, the less likely you are to spread it to others. So that's something to think about. Uh, you could We can link that in the notes if people are curious. But um, yeah, it's uh, that might be a, a little little bit of little little bit of hope there. Um, Look, I, I just, it, any hope for Florida would be would be fucking nice. And by the way, I think it's cute that uh, you know uh, anti big government or whatever they they just gave out free regenerate. Yeah. Is that like a state program? Point of service. So, yeah, yeah. It's no DeSantis in Tallahassee actually. There incredible. Is, I think he wants to make a clinic, or it's a. Uh, I think it's like either a clinic with offices, and I think some labs space or whatever, uh, in the old Governor Square Mall, the Sears portion of the Governor Square Mall in Tallahassee. If you remember it, um, is Governor Square Mall to, still going? Oh yeah, it's still around. I go there all the time. Nice. Uh, there's a van store. It's the only place I go, and the Chick Fil A, of course. Sorry, How cancel, cancel me, cancel me. Sorry, he, he doesn't. Um, he, he doesn't believe we need vaccines and he loves Chick-fil-A. Wow. <laughs> I'm your first Republican guest. Um, yeah, very exciting. No, but uh, I could see, I mean, now that I've seen, you know, the actual um, uh, in-person sort of results for someone I know and the, what I've heard, read about and just heard about. Yeah. I mean, I can see Regeneron, at least for the, for, for the now, being a good thing. It's just that you have these two different kind of approaches where Republicans are like, it's just the flu. It's not a big deal. There's these X, Y, Z miracle things or whatever that you can take and you'll be okay. It's just the flu, da, 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 which isn't true. But nonetheless, there are these like, they're kind of like back end solutions, right? Like when you know you've got it, take this thing, take these shots and you'll feel a lot better and then move on with your life, do what you've always done. We can't, obviously we can't just do that, but, uh, and then Dems, Libs want this like preventative thing. It's like vaccine, 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 vaccine all day, vaccine all day. If you do kind of both of these things, or if, if you need to do both of these things, not a bad idea, in my opinion. I was going to say like, but if you're just doing Regeneron, doesn't Florida have a ton of dead people every fucking day? Oh yeah. 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 Because there are just some people who just refuse to get vaccinated. And what, honestly, what really breaks my heart is that, you know, with the, with the tourism industry here and people who come from other parts of the country who uh, are more restrictive, right. Uh, with restaurants and events and stuff like that. So they come down here and just either, either visit or just move down here temporarily if they can afford it. Right. Um, particularly one of the South biggest Florida. migrations was uh, New York right. to Florida yeah, during the pandemic. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Right at the start of it. Um, and um, um, which is, I think, I think partly why, Florida didn't get its first surge until like the summer, like right after uh, Memorial Day or something like that. Uh, I think that's partly why is idiots who still thought traveling was a good idea came down here, even from New York, where cases were so high. And they basically eventually brought it down here. And eventually the stats kind of the kid, the cases report kind of caught up with that. But that's one way to explain that. Um, but uh, I think you you kind of need the before treatment. And if necessary, you kind of need the after treatment. Um and what breaks my heart is that, you know, essential worker types, people who work in our tourism industry, who work, who are working fucking 60, 80 hours a week, they, they literally don't have time to get a vaccine. Like these, whether it's a CVS, whether it's a government clinic, a, a health department, anything, they just aren't open the hours that people who work all day need to get a fucking vaccine, which is why the whole anti-vaxxer 
debate, especially in this state, why it's like so fucking frustrating to me. I have a, I have a, I have a buddy who lives in like rural North Florida. He lives just south of me in, in Wakulla County. I told, as, I've, as opposed I've, to all the urban North Florida. Right. More the great meccas whatever. of urbanization. Truly. Um, no, so it's my buddy, uh, Jonathan, I knocked doors um, for Bernie with him in South Carolina at the beginning of 2020. And, you know, uh, Young, he's like twenty something. He's like twenty two now or something, and he's like a just young kind of dumb Reddit guy. I love him, but you know, he's a dumb Reddit guy. Uh, Jonathan, if you're listening, you're awesome. Uh, well, he probably <laughs> knows. I feel like you know if you're. He's just a Reddit guy, and but he's basically like a fucking communist, and we talk about you know lefty stuff. And he waited until I think July to get vaccinated because he works at the fucking post office and a post office depot in Crawfordville. Uh, he, he lives in like South rural Leon County. He has to drive like 30, 20, 30 minutes to work every back and forth to work every day. He works at least 10, 12 hours a day. The post office, right. Since the beginning of this, really since the beginning of the pandemic or so, it's been like Christmas season every day at the post office. They're just completely overwhelmed. They have all these temp employees He's one of them that have been temp employees for like a year and a half. Um, it's it's they can't join the union because they're technically temp. You know they can't get the same mm-hmm. ease and access to shop leaders and stuff like that, that 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 permanent employees would. Anyway, so his his dad who has a chronic illness got vaccinated. His grandmother who they live on the same land, different house. She's vaccinated. He didn't feel a rush. Right. He's just worked so much, and so then. Delta, they had a Delta scare, like a Delta strain scare there. Um, and he had to isolate for a few days to make sure he was fine. But I kept, I texted him, I think literally eight times in two weeks saying like, get fucking vaccinated, dude, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, please find some time, get vaccinated. And so eventually he talked to a shop leader and they worked out some time, but it's just insane how much he's being worked to death. It's just like so insane. The guy doesn't even have a day off most weeks. He gets maybe one day off. And with that day, he has to like do laundry and do chores around the house and feed, make his, make food, like make his lunches for like a week or some shit like that. Like he has no time to just do, have downtime to do anything. He barely has Reddit time, which everyone deserves uh, if they so choose. Mm, um, debatable. And so anyway, so, so debatable, Twitter time, what have you. But my point is, is that. It's so crazy to me that people think that anyone who hasn't gotten a vaccine yet is somehow ideologically opposed. It's just nonsense to me. There's so many people who uh, are switching jobs around and they're getting paid a little better if they're like a new hire at a certain place. And so this is why you have all these like, you know, employment crises or whatever, staffing crises. It's a, it's a difference between they're not, of course, it's a, it's something like people are getting paid enough. Obviously, that's they're never getting paid enough. You can't get paid enough to do a job, an essential worker type job during COVID. There's no amount of money that's enough, in my opinion. Um, but then also people are switching jobs. My sister did this recently. She works at Disney Springs. She was doing this recently. Um, and uh, it's just amazing to me how the realities of wage, hourly wage work, particularly in Florida, where it's just, you know, there's always visitors. There's always, there's always an up season. There's always a down season at Disney. There really is no down season. Um, but it's just amazing. Like the realities of wage work that this whole vaccine debate is just not in touch with. Just well, I mean, part with. of that, uh, I have to say is probably the fact that the media 
you're consuming in Florida or anywhere is coming from my town. And in my town, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they rolled out the red carpet. Look, I have things that I don't like about the COVID response here. I mean, I mean, there, there's plenty to, to choose from, but to their credit, uh, they made it fucking convenient. It was every block you could get a goddamn vaccine. I signed up for mine and they, they had hours at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 wow, a.m., really? 9 p.m. It's like the yeah, fucking it, Apple store in Midtown. Yeah, fucking <laughs> uh, around, the, around the clock. And then you go there and they give you $100 and a gift certificate to Shake Shack. And it's just like, God damn. Just, the burger situation. Uh, yeah, burger it's situation. like take, yeah. take, take this vaccine and become more healthy and then eat a couple <laughs> burgers and get back to baseline because <laughs> healthcare is still for profit <laughs> when you know right. things going too fucking well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I get you. Um, it's nice to see though, that Florida is, is experimenting with free point of service medicine now, but again, not, not even because it's probably the best, uh, uh, health choice. I mean, I think vaccines are probably better, but just because, and it goes to show like when the incentives are there, it can be done. It's point of service to own the libs. It's like, we're not doing your vaccine, but we'll make the one the libs hate free. Also the ones that Ron DeSantis, uh, coincidentally, doesn't he like own stock in or his friend owns some, like Regeneron, doesn't he have some, I believe he has fiscal ties to that. I would not be shocked if he had friends or close political allies that were investors in Regeneron or Regeneron type technology. Like, yeah, just it, that's Florida to me. I I believe I I read an article about that. I I don't want to tell tales out of school, but let's just say the, the, the the Leon County, I believe it was the Leon County Ethics Commissioner got fired for corruption. So it's it's not that's either a sign of things working or a sign that you can basically do whatever you want there. Um, real quick, do you, do you think Ron DeSantis is going to be the nominee? I'm just curious. Do you uh, think he's going to keep well, his nerve and for and one thing he has to run insane? for for one thing he has to run for re-election first and. He's probably going to get reelected because all the Dems that are going to the big Dems, the big shot Dems, Nikki Freed, Charlie Crist, and uh, who's the third one? Uh, can't remember it. But Nikki Freed and Charlie Crist, no, they're just all just fucking you know milk toast Dems. They're not gonna they're not gonna be the you know uh, someone who has actual convictions. Let's <laughs> like bring back is. my favorite yeah. politician. I forget his name, but the bisexual drug addict South Beach party boy governor whereas, and by the way yeah. all yeah. of those things i'm saying positively because i think he, each part no, of that, that makes him cool slaps that yeah that makes cool. him cool he's partying with his fucking boys that's yeah, the they, dude's rock candidate he's the uh, andrew gillum what's his is the name? Dude's rock candidate andrew gillum he's my mayor. andrew gillum yeah the, the people yeah, that don't he's oh cool. he's still the mayor no he was he was the mayor he was just the most recent mayor yeah yeah he's cool they they got him in south beach there was like an unrelated i think there was like a a party foul like overdose or something and the police got called out number one don't do that you've seen pulp fiction you can figure it out uh but they called the police and they just found him and like six of his boys like shirtless just blowing poppers and and it was like a great time right it was like two or three other guys in a south beach hotel room um they were mostly drunk and throwing up and there was some like meth or something like that scattered around the room. That's so cool. It's cool. Like that's, I want a candidate for office that like has like young who like has, does cool dope. She, Cause they have dope life and they do dope shit yeah. and they have dudes rock, not, dudes, dudes rock nights out. I don't care if they're fucking not my business. Um, and yeah, like that's cool. Like I, I wish he'd run. I think he's probably got too much stuff going on in his personal life. Probably. 
to be doing that. But look, um, I've been I think, I've been caught yeah. in a South Beach hotel with like four shirtless dudes sweating and having the time of my life. But that was just because we, we needed to figure out who was the best at dance, dance revolution. That's right. We were also on meth and didn't have the pads, but the thing about dance, dance revolution, here's a, a bit of praxis. If you, if you go to the YouTube, you can watch the steps and then you can just do it yourself on your floor. Nobody will stop you. It's legal. Now, unlike Andrew Gillum, I never passed a piece of legislation that improved people's lives. And, so in that regard, yeah, he's sort of a role model to me and he's someone I want representing me in Florida, ideally in the White House. But I have a feeling it's going to be, like you said, Ron DeSantis winning re-election as governor. And then I can't then believe who Charlie knows? Crist is yeah. even in the fucking I know. Picture, what is he even doing? He tried this already two, three times. Yeah, I, he tried it. He tried it before. But now with the Lincoln Project, every single fucking warmongering yeah. uh blogger yeah. daily beast person from uh, andrew sullivan ass uh yeah uh old assholes coming back and saying actually i'm a democrat now no you're not the democrats just moved to basically newt gingrich's gop that, that that's just where the overton window is at um yeah basically i mean christ was one of uh, it's actually interesting uh when trump people like christ <laughs> whatever uh <laughs> couldn't be me um, yeah, but when, uh he was one of five democrats who voted for this little omnibus bill uh dhs like omnibus bill in 2017 he was one of five dems that voted for it and this omnibus bill among other things funded trump's wall prototypes um he was he probably there's probably money for centcom which is i think i think in his district in tampa um i mean makes sense Chris probably there's probably a bunch of military and DHS money that he probably voted for, but it was not a deal breaker for him to say, "Hmm, this is like wall prototype money." At yeah, I gotta vote against it. Like that did not go through his mind. He was just like, "Well, it is what it is," and so he's like, "Yeah, let's build the wall prototypes too. Let's let's have money for that as well." I mean, it's an omnibus bill, so it's like whatever. But that's just a shitty vote to have. As you said, though, it was just a small omnibus bill. It's just a small. They call it a minibus bill, which is like one of my favorite words. One of my favorite bullshit Congress words is minibus. I wish Charlie Crist would get under the minibus bill. (laughs) He's right in the minibus, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Again, another cool guy. Another cool guy. All right. (laughs) So uh, before we get to the bonus here, I have maybe like 10 questions about uh, some stuff that happened last week that I don't understand because politics is confusing and boring and it sucks. so question number one, uh, how much thanks do I deserve for changing the national conversation on income inequality? It is now Occupy Wall Street's 10-year right. anniversary. Right. Uh, I'm just curious, what sort of gratitude should I be expecting for all I did down at Zuccotti Park? Uh, should you expect, um, you should expect the NYPD to visit your home, knock at your door and say, sir, we're sorry. That's what I would expect. Yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> oh, they'll knock at your door. Oh, they'll knock at your door. They don't actually they, they don't have to because <laughs> they literally installed about six months ago cameras outside my front door. So there are four really? NYPD cameras that point at my door all day, every day. Yeah. You're, people you're, are talking you're being about serious. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's New York. People, <sighs> I've joked about York. this before, but we'll have activists yeah. from like Portland or, or like LA come out here. And, uh, uh, like, like when I hop right into the scene and they're like, all right, no, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And it's like, buddy, I know like Portland is very hot, 
but mm. this is the panoptic. Oh. Like oh, New yeah. York is a different level. Like our NYPD could wash most militaries in the world. Yeah. Right. Like there's, we already Palantir is old. We got Pat, we got new Palantirs. We got also, we got a facial recognition. We're on this shit. So yeah, anytime someone tells you about some hellish surveillance state thing going on in New York, uh, yeah, that that's real. Where do you think all the money goes? They got to spend it. So yeah, we got cameras on every single block. ProPublica actually did a great, I think it was ProPublica, uh, did a great collaborative report uh, where people went around and mapped exactly how much of New York is under total surveillance. Uh, they have like interactive maps and stuff. Check it out sometime if you want to be absolutely horrified. I mean, even without legislation, uh, essentially criminali- criminalizing uh, speech and protests and that sort of thing, it's just like de facto I, difficult to do any sort of activism here because yeah. anything you do, we even the legal stuff will not protect you from getting your ass kicked or, and having a, a, a reason for it because, again, they're watching everywhere. I remember I looked it up just to recall specifically. So in 2011, Bloomberg made a speech. Uh, Michael Bloomberg made a speech at uh, MIT uh, at the end of 2011, uh, and he said, uh, uh, "What was it? Um, where else would I run an organization with 330,000 employees? I have my own army in the NYPD, which is the seventh biggest army in the world." Is what Bloomberg said. He's bragging about this. I have my own State Department to foggy bottoms annoyance. We have the UN in New York, so we have entree into the diplomatic world that Washington does not have. I mean, I pay now. I pay federal, state, and city taxes, and literally at each level, I'm paying uh, the IDF to train my law enforcement. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm. TPD does it too in Tallahassee. Yeah, every like we have drones here. We have it's absolutely. It's insane. And I just, it, it hasn't, alarming. it hasn't gotten any better since Occupy. I will cop to the fact that without even really intending to, I was at Zuccotti during the anniversary and I did my sad Keanu thing where I got my fucking halal chicken and rice with no hot sauce, extra white sauce, and just sat in Liberty Plaza with a bunch mm. of people that had no idea anything ever fucking happened there. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I, I felt a little sad boy. So, yeah. you know, you can clip that yeah. Nazis. I, I, I was owned. But I, I don't it's, think it, it did nothing. Yeah. No, it didn't do nothing. I, I mean, uh, 10 years out, you know, the, the idea of like uh, the, the 99% versus the 1% and income inequality, like that talking point, maybe I'm taking too much credit here, uh, but like, that talking point, I feel like didn't, if it existed, it was marginal before. And the amount of like media play, it was all fucking cartoonish. Like everyone from Stephen Colbert to fucking PBS would come down, uh, just to find people to dunk on, you know, and it didn't matter what happened. They'd go to the drum circle people and you'd be like, no, they're going to focus on drumming. Talk to someone who's like, you know, not extremely high right now. And it didn't matter what you said or did, like it always gets spun. But despite that, like, that income inequality message got out there. We got Bernie. Bernie activated a lot of people in, in his two runs. You know, people that are now in the DSA, people that are in the PSL, people that are out and out communists that identify that way, that act that way. I mean, I, I think at least some of that is because of that. Yeah, I remember um, when I worked at the at the local paper in Tallahassee, at the Tallahassee Democrat, 
Um, I remember going to the Capitol a few times because there was going to supposedly uh, be a bill that would go somewhere. It didn't go anywhere, but there was a uh, does any uh, people listening probably remember SOPA and PIPA uh, in Congress and how this would supposedly ruin the entire internet? That was where uh, they did the blackout, right? Where it's like you can't go to yeah, Wikipedia did a today. And so stuff, just pretend yeah. you're living in the '80s and just fucking when you don't know, just you're fucked. Just don't know some yeah. shit. It's honestly kind of so, nice so, for that day. SOPA on a, and PIPA really would have sucked, and it's great that it failed in the Congress because old the old people there don't give really give a shit about the internet. But uh, which is work to our advantage, I suppose. But I remember in the Florida legislature, there was something similar. Uh, lobbying lobbyists had something similar um, uh, set up uh, in a, a couple of commerce committees in the Florida legislature, and I went there uh, ostensibly as a, a features reporter um, to see, like, hey, how would this influence you know um, people using the internet for uh, for Tallahassee's, I don't know, nightlife purposes or whatever. It was seemed like a way that might be crossed with the Capitol. So I went to the Capitol and there were some Occupy types there that uh, were uh, live, basically stayed in tents in like a, uh, in a dirt or grass parking lot not too far from the Capitol. Um, food trucks would show up there and give them free food. It was, it was cool. Um, but a couple of those people um, uh uh, we're t- uh, me, a couple of those people and I were talking at the time. This was like, I guess, 2010, 2011, maybe. And um, I remember uh, at the time I was, I was a, basically a journalist, like a lib kind of journalist. And I remember at the time I was, I, I think I said to the couple occupiers I talked to that it's like, I look, I basically agree with your diagnosis of society. <laughs> I basically agree with your diagnosis of society, but I don't see any organization any firm like um are you guys work like I, I think at the time i one thing i brought up on social media was like where are the unions like are you guys working with unions to like have a real like base of esta- some establishment support like are you working with like really serious people and serious organizers and of course the occupy at least it maybe it depends on the city but generally they weren't um and uh i at the time i really did thought and i kind of sort of still think it today that they had the right idea, but the organization just wasn't there yet. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I mean, there's been plenty of criticisms of, of Occupy, uh, you know, some some earned, and I, I think some maybe stemming from the media coverage of Occupy from people that either weren't around or couldn't have been there uh, at the time. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there wasn't organization. Uh, there simply wasn't by by virtue of how it happened like this this was at least for a long while we were in the end of history mindset and then this (laughs) is something that spontaneously you know or fucking ad busters readers or whatever uh, all of a sudden there was this like mass even if in tallahassee it was like a food truck and and 12 people uh there was this mass uprising of like okay let's take physical spaces let let's have some talking points and let's do this now that's as far as it went um but it's I, important I to have say, that physical space. And it's, it's also really important we iterate. to have that physical space. Uh, we, we iterate. So each time, it's not like we start from the beginning. You, you know, like people, you know, first it was Marx, and then we had uh, uh, iterations on that in theory, and then we had states put it into, practi- into practice, and now we have people reading the lessons of those states from, you know, if you're an ML, that sort of thing, you got your Mao's and, and your, your Kami, your Ho Chi Minh's and all that, and then that moves on. And it, it's 
constantly progressing. And I think Occupy, one of the big lessons was like, okay, it has to be mass. Like you have to take spaces, uh, like you said, but also like once you're there, there has to be some, it can be basic, but there has to be some entirely agreed upon goal. It can be a simple goal, but taking the space isn't enough. Like I know everyone has different uh, ideas. And, and I do think one of the things I learned is that like, there are always going to be just like psychos and in any mass movement, there are going to be people where it's just like, man, you are out of your mind. And you, when you went down to at least uh, Zuccotti uh, here in New York, there were definitely people I did not agree with. And there was definitely, and they could gum up the whole proceedings because they did total consensus based uh, decision-making. And like you said, there's no union. They wouldn't want the unions in there because that would be a power block that could take over and push people out of spaces. And it's all like, yes, well, we don't want to push people. Everyone had a, a a la carte menu of like a dozen different things, but there was never agreement on, okay, first let's do this one. So one takeaway for me was just like, yeah, there's going to be people all over the place in, in a ideologically in a mass movement. But if they're, I'm not saying Red Brown Alliance, I'm not saying go on fucking Jimmy Dore's show or whatever. I'm saying once you get the people out, you don't have to like all of them, but you do have to have like a goal that you can work towards. For me, I think having some sort of ideological education, knowing what you're doing before the uprising, like having an idea uh, of tactics and goals so that the next time it happens, we can do a little bit better than Occupy, which, you know, I, I think we saw a little bit with like the George Floyd stuff. Nobody burned down a precinct at Occupy. You know what I mean? So yeah, that gives have. me some hope. Uh, the thing that eradicates, or not eradicates, but uh, deflates my hope a little bit is going to Occupy also showed me uh, how ruthless state power can be. Yeah. Like in the game Disco Elysium, there's uh, a quote from you know an old, re- old communist revolution where he's like, the thing about capitalism and neoliberalism is everyone is very nice and friendly but they have to take off the mask to do the deed like to actually yeah. do the violence and i remember i was uh i was at a uh, uh, west village treehouse uh, uh trying to hook up uh with a poet and i got a text from some people down at zuccotti and they were just like, it's happening right now. Like they got bulldozers and shit. We need the wall. And I'm like a big guy. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go down there. Let's do the fucking wall. Let's stop it. Right. They're like, right, just come to the library. I'm like, yeah, the li- everyone at Occupy has this library story. Right. And I go down there and, you know, you're thinking, well, we'll do what we, we normally do and we'll get in the way and we'll gum things up. They certainly raided Occupy numerous times and, and like white blood cells, people sort of push the police away. But when Bloomberg decided it was time for it mm. to go. I mean, they just ran that place fucking day. There was no resistance. They, they, they pumped us out of there in like minutes and it didn't matter how good our tactics were. It didn't matter how many people we had. It was just like, this wasn't it. No, that was not sufficient. But there's a supposedly some looks like some very loosely organized general strike supposedly coming up October 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels like an Occupy type thing to me. 
Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like it's this vague kind of notion, and they do have a kind of sort of a list, a tepid, I would say, like a kind of a sock dem kind of list of the math. I'm, I'm looking at it here. Octoberstrike.com. This is our goals. Uh, a 25% corporate tax rate with no loopholes. Uh, free healthcare for all. Okay. 12 weeks paid mat- paternity and maternity leave. $20 hour minimum wage. Four-day work week. Stricter environmental regulations on corporations, uh, banning single use and microplastics, limiting emissions. Um, these are sort of the progressive edge of the Democratic Party kind of demands. Um, oddly enough, my sister brought this up to me recently. She works at Disney Springs. And I was st- my sister's really not political at all. And that fact that she brought this up to me was, I was like, wait, word? Um, seems like the kind of thing that like, you know, non-political weirdos like us are maybe circulating more. They don't have experience. Most of those people don't have experience in political organizing. So they, a lot of us are learning in public online, especially with this like political shit. And I don't know. I, I wonder if we'll see closer and closer to that date. I wonder if we'll see, even if it's not mass coordinated effort, maybe it'll be mass un- uncoordinated effort. People just re- you know, requesting off or whatever, or no showing certain jobs and just everyone's hiring. So I'll just get another if they fire me that, you know, that kind of thing. I can't help but wonder if we're seeing, and maybe it's going to sneak up on like the lefty media set that we're kind of absorbed in. I wonder if we're not seeing like another, like very disorganized Occupy thing that in a, maybe in another 10 years or another five years, maybe those people who kind of got, you know, bing, like kind of turned on by that, Maybe we'll see more people kind of sort of joining our general cause. I yeah, hope progress so. I'm isn't very linear. much looking forward to that date. Progress isn't yeah, linear. It's not linear. I'll, yeah. I'll put it this way. Yeah. I'm not advocating this, but I'm just saying like, you know, what happened during the George Floyd uh, uh, sort of outbursts were fairly novel, at least for, you know, yeah. a bit. Big like we haven't deal. seen stuff it like really was. that. And that was a lot of people in a lot of places. A lot, a lot of them were activated for the first time, but more likely than not, this is something that they've been thinking about for a long time. And so, uh, this strike, when you talk about like that sort of sock down progressive end, the the two things, uh, and we'll move on. Uh, the, the two things I sort of keep in mind with that is like number one, I'm not a DSA member. Like I don't for me, like that's just not where I think I'm I'm helpful or like you know what really I get passionate about isn't necessarily that. And I root for everyone that's in it because I believe like you have to fight on all fronts all the time. Like mm-hmm. we, we are the mass empathetic movement that relies on being like social beings. And so what any gathering does is allow us to, uh, whatever your ideology, you don't think the corporate tax rate fucking, uh, you don't give a shit about that, but maybe you like Medicare for all. It's just like, you don't have to agree with the whole fucking slate, but that, constellation of organizations and people that you will see when you go down there careful that love you're you don't want to move around too much yep yep that uh that organization the the people that you see down there for whatever reason they're down there that that's the group of people you want to reach like i believe in triaging there's a lot of people that'll spend years not leaving their house because they're trying to make their dad be a communist they're just like buddy recognize who you can save and and who you can't. And I think people that are already choosing to leave their house and go down to fight for any political ideal, like that's already someone that is a a 
someone you probably want to talk to and fighting for a vaguely left or like, I want to make other people's lives better, even if it's only out of like liberal virtue, those people are the easiest targets. They're already left their house. They already want to put politics into action. Even if it goes nowhere, like in terms of immediate political aims, you are building connections with people that actually will, uh, make things happen. And like you said, maybe this is where they're at now. And then in five years, you know, something different. The other thing I'll, I'll say is, uh, this is something that I think it was, I think it was Jake, Jake Flores who has a podcast called a uh, pod damn America. He talked about something that he notices when occupy people who were there, uh, talk about occupy. And it's that there's a visceral bodily feeling to it. Like you can, you can read theory all day and, and you can build a perfect ship in the bottle and you can understand like, Oh yeah, community and solidarity. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I got that. I, I tweet about that a lot. Hold on. You, you were, re- you weren't, you weren't, um, rustling at all at first, but now you're getting a lot of, oh, like, right. All this because, is rustling. because of this. Is that better? Was, are we good now? Okay. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I'll just edit. It was, um, it, it, it fell down in my pocket a little bit. That's all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, again, we we got 55 minutes left. You you're hanging in there. Yeah, I'm hanging in. Okay, good. I got plenty. I'm just gonna. I got plenty to tee up with. Anyway. So anyway, he was saying uh, th- there was this visceral feeling because, sure, you have it up here, and, and maybe you you even understand that like yeah, the, the way to a meaningful uh, politicized mass that becomes a movement is through solidarity and community and connection and mutual aid and, and all those buzzwords, and that's all well and good. Uh, but once you go there and you're standing there, people shit on, you know, banner drops and, and bridge marches and all that stuff. And obviously that's not a sufficient condition for whatever your endpoint is. But I do think it's necessary because it shows people like when you're at Occupy and you're doing things and you're a mass of people and you're moving and you're walking fucking 90 blocks and it's hot out or it's windy or it's raining and someone gives you an umbrella, you feel this is corny, but like you feel it in your fucking breast. There is a, a yeah. actual energy that does not arise anywhere else. Look, I don't go to fucking raves or big shows. Maybe if you get real fucked up at a, a house show, like it's the same thing and I'm just politicizing it. But there is a real like warmth that you get uh, when you're actually out there, not just putting your politics into action, but just physically in the space with other like-minded people doing a thing it reifies your politics you're no longer someone that thinks about politics you are someone that does cognitive dissonance is now fighting against you doing nothing right like when you have a ship in a bottle and aren't going outside the cognitive dissonance of oh what if i go out and i, I fuck it up or you know what this person is uh, I, uh, what if i'm if i'm not this i'm not a comic what if i get i'm seen collaborating with anarchists and i'm a marxist once you actually go, right, and that becomes part of your identity, it's hard to just sit on the sidelines. And again, we're at the phase right now where we just need people not on the sidelines. Everything of the system is about putting you there and keeping you there. Every aspect of, of the algorithm is producing those outcomes. And I don't know, that, that's something that I really felt at, at Occupy. Uh, uh, you know, I felt it a little bit at George Floyd, but this was sort of spontaneous and more and more like haphazard you know that was sort of all over the place sort of spilling through the streets um but i'm hoping with this strike i you know i I hope fucking people come out to actions around it because that will 
that will be their level one. You know, the, the hardest yeah. step is the first one. And if, if the speakers there are like, and that's why high frequency trading, what that's just going to be background noise. A lot of people forget Liz Warren literally claimed to have laid the intellectual foundation for Occupy. Right. <laughs> and you know right. what? Yeah. Nobody remembers that because it doesn't mm -hmm. fucking matter. Right. The, those speakers will pass into history. What you'll remember is like the feel and the solidarity and, and the commitment you now have to, you know, whatever the fuck. One of my heroes, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, uh, when I think it was, he talked about being in Selma with Dr. King and a phrase he used that I think about all the time is, uh, I felt my legs were praying when he's marching. He says, yeah. like he was praying, he was praying with his feet. I love that so much. I get emotional talking about it. It's such a beautiful thing. And you're right. It's that first step. You have to act and pray as if with your feet. I just, I love that so much. I just want to put that thought out there. Yeah. Uh, look, not for nothing. Uh, the old saints and shit and Catholicism, we talk about like seeing the devil and all that shit. Usually it's tied with some sort of like strenuous physical, uh, exertion and then mm -hmm. like firm ideological or, or religious belief. Look, I I'm not saying you're going to trip, but if you are on a fucking hot asphalt road with a thousand other people shoulder to shoulder chanting mantra like uh, your political demands, mm -hmm. you're gonna have a fucking experience. Like I promise it's you, something. That. You're it's gonna feel something, that man. I was in Astoria in June. It was my first visit to New York after getting vaccinated, and I was there. You may have heard of that uh, Sheikh Jarrah. To Ferguson to Steinway yeah, yeah, yeah. march in a story. You heard about that? So Zorhan uh, Madani, uh, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name right, but Zorhan, I know him as Zorhan. Uh, Jabari Brisbane. Well, I won't correct you. I don't these... want to embarrass you on that, but I also I won't right, correct right, you. Right, right, right. Close enough. But Zorhan was there. Jabari was there. This is an incredible march. And I got to walk through the streets of Astoria chanting, not that the whole crowd was into the chant, but I got to chant, burn down every precinct. And I got to walk through the streets of Astoria saying that with like a couple hundred other people. And having been shut up in my house for the majority of a year, year and a half, man, I just tears streaming down my face. It's just a visceral feeling you cannot get by owning someone online. You have to go and get and get your ass out there. It's just anyone listening to this who hasn't done it yet, highly recommend. It's the best high in the world. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, even if you get the perfect Twitter zinger or go, aha, Kropotkin equals owned. I'm the new Sterner. Number one, no one knows what the fuck you're talking about. And number two, right. look around. You're alone. You're fucking alone. You're, <laughs> you're alone in your room. What's you're that? Atomized and you're alienated. You're atomized and you're alienated. Yeah. Staring yeah, at this it, glass, this screen. Yeah, I always, I always think like, what would they? Uh, uh, want me to do? And of course, I'm talking about the lizard, lizard person cabal that that controls the entire world. <laughs> But no, I like like what what would the people that hate socialism what would they what would they want us to do? And it's like bicker on social media and never meet our neighbors. And so I try to not bicker on social media and meet every single one of my neighbors. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know if it's working, but I'm, I'm personally Start. satisfied. And, and you know what's more virtuous than that in American politics? Uh, all right, here let's. Uh, I got. I got like uh, uh, seven or eight. Let's do our, our recap of the news here in the bonus section. That sound okay? Sound good. All right, cool. So we'll hit this outro and I will uh, see you all in the bonus in a second. One thing I want to announce before we do our little news recap. Uh, those of you that are uh, subscribers, 
We're doing like the normal bonuses, of course, but I'm super psyched that uh, Nathan from Mark's Madness, who has a excellent podcast that, that you know goes through and actually reads theory like with you, like book club style, line by line. Highly very good. Madness. Yeah, I mean, we almost don't have to. Like, you look at the reviews, you look at the the following. Like, everyone loves fucking yeah. Mark's Madness. If you get into it, you're gonna like it too. Uh, what that is uh, a little too advanced for me. I don't have the attention span to hear about uh fucking reconstruction and and social it's just like it's a lot like i I lose it and so nathan's gonna do me a favor and we're starting a series here of bonuses i think maybe we'll do like once a month whatever when we're available uh where he's gonna bring me like essays and like short bite-sized things that in one sitting i can read uh and we're gonna do like a mini little theory corner where i will read the full text uh, and Nathan will explain what the fuck it is I'm supposed to get from that at like a 101 intro level. So if you've never read stuff before, like me, uh, because every single fucking text from like before 1970 reads like the Canterbury Tales to you, uh, this will be a good intro. And so, you know, trying to make theory less fucking intimidating to myself. And if it's recorded and it does it for other people, that'll be good too. Anyway. Let's do our bullshit uh, news of the week daily show shit uh, on the bonus here in a second. 